Hi there, welcome to the Maidenhead Advertiser News Podcast. Uh, I'm joined by Marlow reporter Kieran Bell. Hello. And the latest addition to our reporting team, Bray reporter Adrian Williams. Hello. Welcome, Adrian. Thank you. Um, first thing we're going to be talking about today is council tax, the proposed changes to um, council tax for disadvantaged people in the in the budget, which is going to be voted on on Tuesday next week. We're recording this on, on Thursday. So controversial budget that we've spoken about quite a few times on this podcast but one thing we haven't really spoken about too much is council tax support scheme this is a scheme where the council gives a discount to the boroughs disadvantaged vulnerable and disabled residents um, kind of gives them money off their council tax so they don't have to pay as much so at the moment the the council gives up to 91.5 percent discount to these people um, but it's consulting on reducing this to 80%, which bring it in line with other councils uh, nearby, like Bracknell Forest and Sloughborough Council. Um, Kieran, you've had a bit of a look, read through the story. It's one that I've, I've written myself. But Kieran, what do you think of these proposals? Um, controversial, uh, I think, is the word to describe them. Uh, like a lot of uh, what, they, what the council have tried to do. Obviously, they need to save a lot of money. I believe millions of pounds, obviously we know how much money they need, they need to save so having to make these difficult decisions and this is one of them, so it's not going to go down well with, with a lot of people but um, yeah, I, I suppose if it's going to be in line with other councils I suppose you could argue you know, if they're doing it, why can't the Royal Borough do it as well um, but then other people will obviously, obviously have opposing views to that mm. and think, you know, do we really need to hit our most disadvantaged people to save money but I guess there is a lot of money to be saved, and I think you know this might well have to happen if um, if the council is going to balance its books. Yeah, I mean I've got a few stats and kind of figures for you guys. So there was a public consultation held on on these proposed changes. 141 people responded to it. 97 of those, so about two thirds, were against it, and only 21 of them are actually receiving this council tax support. That's 21 of 2,621 people in total who receive this council tax support. So it seems like those who are really affected by these changes are either not aware of it or not engaging with it with this consultation. Um, which I guess that's, that's worrying really. I mean, what, what do you guys think? Maybe more, more, more to be done to, to let people know about it? Yeah, because there's one thing to to sort of try to bring, um, you know, your your expenditures as a council in line with other boroughs, but you do kind of have to figure out um, how the people are affected without necessarily needing to to ask them because what if they can't respond? Mm. So it would be nice, I think, if there had been some kind of figures uh, that we could see that actually said this is how much money it's going to save and this is why we need to do this and actually maybe it won't make such a big difference to these people's lives because we actually don't know what difference mm. it will make and maybe we won't know until they actually make these changes um, and then maybe it will come out that actually it really does uh, negatively affect these individuals and as many people have said if it's such a you know if it's, a, it's the most disadvantaged small proportion of people why them? Why yeah. not changes that are bigger and affect more people and the accumulated amount of money is actually greater? So it is a, it is a controversial one, for sure. That's the thing. I mean, the, the people who are going to be suffering really are the most, dis the most disadvantaged. And yeah, it's impossible, I think, to put a number on it because the way that they're doing it will be 
different for every single individual. It's going to be means tested in a in a variety of ways. The council have provided some kind of <clears throat> hypothetical examples, one of which we kind of featured in our coverage <clears throat> in the paper this week, and I'll just read it out now. In this scenario, a white Waltham resident living in a band H property who's on income support or job seekers benefits would go from paying £206.96 in council tax per year to £487.01 per year. So that's more than double. Mm. So I think, and we're seeing this in a few different examples. There are some people who wouldn't be that badly affected, um, but it's impossible to say how many. And it does, it feels a little bit sad that the people who are going to be affected are the people who are the, the most the suffering the most that they're disabled and they can't get to work easily or that you know they're, 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 they're struggling and the thing is as well with this consultation I was looking at the, the how this consultation was actually sent out how people were aware of it because it was like an online an online survey mm. and the, the way it was communicated to, to people sent out to people was there was a link on the Royal Borough website which I don't know how many people would, would be looking at that there was a, a flyer at the library. I don't know how often people who are working two jobs can get down to the library. Um, there was a flyer included with council tax um, assistance correspondence. So you think maybe quite a few people would have received that. Although I don't know how often the correspondence goes out, so then it may not have the leaflet may not have been included if you haven't received a letter for for a few months or whatever. And there are also emails sent to community groups who the council thought might be kind of in touch with people on council tax support. So I, I don't really understand, A, why there were no physical consultations like they've done for other things, like the proposals for children's hubs. They're actually having drop-in centres where people, they, they talk people through what's going on. And the second point, surely there's a way of getting in touch with everybody, like a big, just a big email, right? Just like mm -hmm. a mass email to, to all the Royal Borough residents that everyone can see and yeah, if it affects you, that's great. And if it doesn't, then you can just move on. Yeah, it does seem odd how it's predominantly online. And I didn't actually know how much of a jump it was, actually, until I read your article, George. I, I saw, obviously, it would be jumping from 91.5% to 80% in terms of the amount of support they get. But then reading what you just read then about the example from White Waltham, is, it is quite a jump. Mm -hmm. I know obviously some people will be able to pay that, but people who are disadvantaged, that's a lot for them to find if they've got a family. If they've got a part-time job etc so yeah it's it's controversial as we've said yeah i mean the, what the council are saying is that with these and obviously these are just proposed changes they haven't they haven't happened yet they're gonna be voted on, on tuesday but the, i think the point of it is what well, the council are saying is that if you can afford it then you're going to pay and if you can't afford it you'll be fine because we're means testing it and if we don't think you can pay, afford it then you'll be protected but how you know how well will these mean tests means tests work means testing is has quite often been seen as not a good way of measuring these kind of things. So yeah, you do have to worry for people. And also in terms of the communication as well, we've obviously put a few things in our paper about it over the last few weeks, but not everybody reads the paper, sadly. I'd love it if everybody made had read our paper, but not everyone does, particularly people who are... <laughs> I know, right? It's crazy to, to imagine. But people that are working two jobs or you know and need to raise a family, they haven't got time to be to be reading the advertiser, unfortunately, or at least not, you know, 
beyond the, the first few pages. So, and what if what if you can't read? What if you you yeah. don't get online? Maybe you just you find it difficult to understand information. Yeah, where are you then? You know, exactly. who, who's making sure that you understand what's happening? Yeah, so I don't know what they what could have been done differently, but if only twenty one of the two thousand six hundred people that are affected are actually responding to this thing, which means they're going to be paying more money. I don't know. I hope. I hope that more people will see this and be aware of it at least. But yeah, despite the negative response to the consultation with two thirds of the people saying they didn't like it, who responded, it's still going to be going before councillors on Tuesday and they'll have the choice uh, of whether they want to vote it in or not. It'd be interesting to see who will vote in, who won't vote in. Probably a good chance that most of the Conservatives will, but we'll see um, if any decide that they, they can't agree with this. Um, but yeah, we'll. We'll be keeping a keen eye on that one. Right, moving on to our next story. Hackney carriage drivers in the Royal Borough are angry at the council over the number of spaces they are allowed um, at, that, that are present at taxi ranks around the borough. They are having to pull over in bus stops and on double yellow lines because they just don't have anywhere else to park. Um, Adrian, this is one of your stories that you've been working on now for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk us through it? Sure. So um, I got a, you know an angry email and some phone calls from um, a hackney carriage driver who's basically saying there's there's nowhere to pull up, um, the, the ranks are all full, we can never pull up anywhere. Um, he gave me some, some loose figures which I didn't print because I you know, couldn't confirm them, <laughs> but he was sort of basically suggesting there is about three times as many taxes as there are ranks in the borough. Um, I don't know how accurate that is, but as a driver, I'm sure what he perceives is that every time he pulls up to a rank, there's no spaces, which I can imagine being incredibly frustrating. And it's not just the cab drivers who are upset about this, because this has actually been going on for a long time. We wrote an article, I think in 2014, that was residents complaining that taxi cabs are pulling up in places where they shouldn't be. So this has been going on for a long time and it is causing a lot of annoyance. So, I mean, their big thing when they contacted us, the Hackney carriage cab drivers, was saying that we feel ignored, the council have been ignoring us. And to be fair, when you look back and you see that this has been an ongoing issue for, you know, eight years or so, you kind of think, yes, it does seem like they've been ignored. (laughs) I mean, do they, have they kind of come up with any possible solutions? Who, the council? No, either the council or the cabbies. Have the cabbies got any ideas? The cabbies' idea is they want more rank spaces. Um, And I I don't know how possible this is. I mean, if you look at the site, maybe you can imagine where where more rank spaces would be. But they're saying that the biggest problems are around Windsor Castle, Mainhead Station, very obvious places where you pick up um, uh, passengers. Um, And there is only so much space. and what they're not saying or suggesting, which I can understand, is that there should be fewer cab drivers because <laughs> obviously people kind of want the cab drivers with the tourism industry being the way it is, you need them. So where is where, where, where do you go from here? So it is a difficult one because you can't put taxi rank spaces everywhere <laughs> and double yellow lines are where they are for a reason. <laughs> you can't really sort of move the double yellow lines and just put taxi, taxi uh, rank spaces in there instead. That's not possible. So no, nobody has any solutions. Just um, lots of belly aching. That's kind of the way, isn't it, with these <laughs> yeah. with these things? Um, and it, and it's true. You do see these taxis everywhere. Our office is very close to Mainhead Station, and sometimes um, we're based in Bell Street, which is just over the road by the Sainsbury's local. And sometimes you just get taxis kind of pulled up in there, and it's clear that they're waiting for the station, but 
I guess they just haven't had any, they can't pull up anywhere else. Mm. They've got the rank at the front of the station, the rank at the back, and it's always full, and there's always other ones kind of loitering, and they kind of get in the way, cause, and it causes, um, you know, issues for other drivers and pedestrians who are, are trying to trying to get past, and, you know, they're, they're clogging up the roads, so it's, it's a pain for everybody, I suppose. Mm. Um, Kieran, do you do you find yourself taking many many taxis these days? I do, but I have to confess, I I, I take Ubers, mm. uh, like many many people do. And I was speaking to Adrian earlier, and I wasn't sort of sure whether they actually pull up in in taxi ranks because obviously they're called, aren't they, from people's phones? So they just pull up anywhere as well. So I guess they might be having a problem too. They sort of pull up anywhere. But um, I was just going to add, actually, as part of the council's sort of regeneration plan. They're looking to do up Maidenhead Station, and they're taking out all of the current parking spaces. I think that's about 76 of them, and they're moving them all into the Staffordton Way multi-storey. So they're going to free up the station forecourt, turn it into more sort of open space, and just prioritise drop-offs for buses and taxis. So hopefully there'll be some more space for these taxis to put up mm. soon when that's done. I believe that that's looking. I don't know the exact time it's looking to be completed. I think there's some discussions going on with different railway companies but certainly later this year that should be completed hopefully it should improve things but we'll see yeah that seems like a <clears throat> seems like a good idea I mean Mainhead Station has what about 30 spaces out front of it so I mean what, what's the point of the car park there there are hundreds thousands of people going to Mainhead Station every day why should like the first 30 people who get there in the car be able to park when I don't know that space could be better used for people who are actually dropping off picking up it seems, it seems like a sensible idea to me. And the other side as well is pretty bad. The <coughs> yeah, shopping on this road yeah. gets very, very congested. People are sort of parking anywhere along there. And the, the traffic itself <laughs> down there, it queues all the time. And it is a little bit dangerous as a pedestrian there. So we'll see We'll see what happens. You mentioned Uber, though. Maybe it's yeah. a sign of the times. You know, it's, It could just be that more people are taking Ubers. Those taxis could just be waiting there yeah. for mm-hmm. people um, as opposed to coming where people want picking up and dropping off. Mm. Um, and what are they doing while they're waiting there? Uh, how long are they waiting mm-hmm. there? Maybe they're just kind of taking up some space. Um, I remember, I think it was um, it's, uh, Phil Bicknell was saying, um, and this was years ago. He's the former lead member for transport. transport. He was ago. saying he wanted people to, uh, t- cab drivers to pick up passengers kind of more from the street, people hailing from the street, more like you get sort of in mm. London, mm. Um, rather than, I guess, just clustering around the taxi racks waiting. Mm. Mm. Um, so... Maybe there are. I don't know. There's a reason the taxi ranks are where they are. That's where the people are that want to get the taxis. You know, yeah, people yeah. come out of the station, they want the taxi. Yeah. If you're just driving up and down uh, Grenfell Road or something, you're, the chances of uh, someone hailing you are probably quite slim. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely an issue of, of congestion. Although I, I suppose it's it's curious about the the number of taxis because I think there are about 150 odd taxi licenses, uh, hackney carriage licenses in the borough. That number is smaller than it used to be. I think it was about 170 in 2016, but I know that in 2012 it did shoot up. I don't actually know what it shot up to or what it shot up from, but it, there used to be a lot less taxis. And of course, the the effect of having more taxis is that every single taxi driver has to work longer hours to earn a living, and they're less likely to pick up passengers because there are more other taxis picking up passengers. So yeah, it could well be that a taxi driver could be sitting in the taxi rank for two hours uh, without getting any work, and therefore without earning any money, and then they have to go home in the day and feed the families and stuff. So maybe it's worth looking into capping the number of taxis there can be in the borough. This It is something the councils have spoken about when I was at a licensing panel a couple of weeks ago, so 
I think that's something that's going to be looked into because mm. there's got to be an optimum number of taxis and if the taxi ranks are already full maybe we're above that number at the moment mm. Mm. Um, but yeah move on to our final story of the day which is uh, as usual a very, a very nice story a very happy story a street artist based in Maidenhead has been commissioned and he's just finished uh, a large mural in Maidenhead Town Centre this is on Queen Street um, on the hoardings of the landing development site. It's massive, it's big blue kind of background with a white sort of stag on it. It's <laughs> so beautiful. It is really cool, it's really good. Mm. I mean, what do you guys think of it? Have you, have, you, have you seen it in the town centre yet? Or just seen it in the paper? We've got some great pictures of it in the paper. Yeah, I've, I've seen it today. in our paper, yeah. we do have good pictures of it. Um, and I love I loved the way the, the artist, he, quite, he looks quite, um, he kind of looks quite, like a like a like a bad uh, street artist with this mask on. Yeah. But actually, he's a really nice bloke, and he's commissioned. You know, he's a, he's a professional mural Absolutely. artist. He's been doing it for three years or so. And he, uh, you know, he's a very nice guy. In fact, he wanted to dedicate that to his grandmother Shirley Madison. Isn't really, that the sweetest thing. You That's know, nice. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's right. His name is James Madison, mm. by the way, not not the England and Leicester City footballer. Although <laughs> yeah. it's quite funny, someone said. I think on Facebook, we, does Lester, do Lester know he's not going to be at training today? <laughs> <laughs> and actually, to be fair, I've only seen him with the mask, his paint mask on and his hood up. And he's got blonde hair and James Madison, the footballer, also has blonde hair. So yeah. it could be the same man. Yes, I don't know James Madison, the footballer, lives on Braywick Road, though, if he, if he plays for Leicester. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. It's all an elaborate um, ruse with his identity, so you never know Maybe. who the real... Uh, you, you've never seen the two James Madisons in the same room together. <laughs> I mean, I, I've asked the um, you two guys to have a think about street art, and because I think this is something that's really boosted the town, or potentially could boost the town when when more people see it. Um, yeah, I've asked you guys to to go away and have a think. What other street art you think would be cool in in the town, Kieran? Do you want to go first? Yeah. So I thought maybe sort of looking either to the past or the future really um if there's there's obviously lot, lots of hoardings going up in the town center with this regeneration going on so maybe something along the lines of what maidenhead used to look like in that particular spot okay maybe like a painting of like yeah but what it what it looked like in the past or maybe what the planned development is going to look like so basically just like an artist's impression of what it will look like in the future as, as opposed to a cgi image okay um and um yeah that's that's my um that's that's my sort of uh that's sort cool. of suggestions that'd there. be like a side by side I guess would be nice if, if you've got like this big hoardings up with yeah. a big building site behind it yeah on one side you'd have like what it used to look like black and white yeah. image or something and then a, a more futuristic looking what it could look like in the future yeah that, that definitely sounds like it could be mm. could brighten up the town Adrian have you got any ideas? I like the idea of um, street art on hoardings because obviously they're ugly things mm. but I also uh, I know a bit bits and pieces about street art and different ways you can do street art and it's not all just um, nice painting with stencils no. there is something called yarn bombing which is just great it's where people knit things right. and put them all around town oh wow I think it would be it would be great if say cool. the good people of Bray did the knitting and then took it out and left it yeah. around, you know around Hollabottom Bray and Maidenhead and stuff not just Bray get it Maidenhead yeah yeah get it all around but uh, yeah I have, to, I have to yeah, I have to mention Bray because you know that's, that's my true patch, that's your patch it's yeah. my patch alright yarn bombers <laughs> in Bray the Yarn Bombers of Bray I want to see that I want to see a Facebook group tomorrow called the Yarn Bombers of Bray that'd be great that'd be your um, Bray page wrapped up for next (laughs) week that's a great idea (laughs) Um, I've had a couple of ideas actually the first uh, is kind of 
a cheat because there's already one in Eton. But I don't know if you guys know about the Gorm the Anthony Gormley statues of men that are all over the country. They have them on the quite a few beaches, one in Liverpool, one in Margate. Well, there's lo lots in Liverpool. And there's actually one in Eton on the side of a building where it's just it's literally just a, an iron, I think it's cast iron, um, of a, a man standing with his arms by his sides and it's got the whole thing. Um, about six foot tall, whatever. Um, and there's one, it's just lay, it's, it's, it's feet are attached to the side of the building. It's in, I think it's near Eton High Street and it's just kind of jut jutting out so it's kind of two floors up, you can just see this man silhouette kind of sticking out of the thing, and it's 3D. I thought it'd be cool to have some of those in Maidenhead, maybe on buildings, or just in in the town centre, just like this metal men, women. I think that'd be quite cool. Mm. Just something that people, because I think the, the thing with street art is that A, it improves the look of the town, but also, and it provides something unique, and it makes people, maybe something that people will stop, take a picture of it, take a picture with it, mm. maybe people will actually actively come to the town to, to, to see it. And I think obviously if Anthony Gormley, who is a very famous artist, sculptor, did that, I'm sure that would bring people in. Mm. But even if it wasn't him, if it was just something similar, I think it'd be really cool and really striking. And the second idea that I had was um, inspired by Croydon. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Croydon, but there's yeah. loads and loads of street art in Croydon. And in particular, there is one kind of old avenue of shops, which is undercover, and they're all disused, and it's been taken over by painters street kind of graffiti it's not like graffiti graffiti there i think i don't know if they're commissioned or not but people have done these really really nice um paintings artworks on all these old shop fronts with the shutters down and it looks really good and i just thought well with the landing um currently the hoardings are up and with the nicholson center um, development that's on the horizon the hoardings will be up there i thought along broadway where the two sites meet there could well be a situation where there's hoardings on both sides of the road for over a kind of a 50 meter stretch i just thought it'd be really cool just to have a whole avenue of of paintings all merging and by different artists different styles different mm. things on both sides of the road i thought that'd be really really could be really really cool but also with the hoardings the reason they've done it is because it's not it's temporary right that the hoardings are going to go at one point mm. so it'd be nice also just to get some on some on the wall somewhere mm. I know there's one behind um, there's one by the boy in the boat statue yeah. around the back of West Street yeah. but that's really tucked away it'd be nice to have some, something in the, in the main in the main section maybe in the Nicholson's development there'll be lots of kind of small lanes maybe they'll do something like that there I think that'd be really cool yeah I wonder where the hoardings go when they take them down yeah, that's a good point I'd like to I'd like to think they go to sort of, you know go to gallery or could be bought by yeah somebody. this this nice yeah. one I wonder if those the Mr. Madison has ruined this these hoardings maybe they reuse them normally and they can't really reuse this one because it's been <laughs> painted or whatever well I don't know if you noticed but there's also an electrical like you know those big green electrical boxes electrical boxes cabinets you get on the yes. street there's one right in front of the hoardings and this James Madison has just painted all over it <laughs> so I don't know if he's really meant to do that but it looks way better than it did before hmm. so yeah. um, and I don't think anyone ever checks them anyway because they're always hanging out all over the place um, as many of our councillors are are all too aware um, but yeah I think that's everything from us today you guys got anything more you'd like to add on street art no I just think it's a great idea livens up the town brightens up during the um, during the regeneration pro progress so uh, so yeah good on George Madison Great, yeah, and hopefully he'll come back for some more art real soon. Yeah. Yeah. Right, well, thank you, Kieran. Thank you. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you. It's goodbye from us. Goodbye. Bye.